Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 857. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortTorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored by the Weinblatt family, the Ili Nishmas, Moshe ben Simcha Banim, Maurice Belfer, and his Neshama Havanaliyah today on his yard site. So the Rambam tells us that generally the way we're supposed to comport ourselves on fast days is they're supposed to be very serious. If we're fasting for something bad that occurs, so we're supposed to be uh, we shouldn't be lightheaded, we shouldn't be uh, busy with other types of pleasures, even non-food, we should be worried, lamenting, and the principle behind that is that generally fast days are there because Tzaros, as the Ramam says, the goal of fast days, and we spoke about this on the Take 10 a few weeks ago, the goal is to inspire us, it's to inspire us towards Darke HaTshuva, he says, towards the ways of Tshuva. We're supposed to remember what it was that occurred on that day. Usually it's a bad thing. Why do we think it occurred on that day? To be thoughtful and reflective about what got us here in the first place, that hopefully the fact that we're not eating, we're focused, or some other element of the not eating, reminds us or inspires us to be better towards the next time, so that uh, we won't be obligated in fasting again. The fast reminds us of what we did on that day, so that we are inspired to do tshuva and not have to fast anymore. That's how the Ramam generally explains most fasts. Now, one of the other comments the Ramam makes is, Kol All the fasts below, really above, and he lists many of the fasts, he says, will not exist in the times of Mashiach. And specifically, he focuses on the four fasts, Tzom HaRavi, Tzom HaChemishi, Tzom HaShri, Tzom HaAsiri, the four fasts mentioned by the Navi Zechariah, that deal with the different stages of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. He doesn't mention Tanis Esther. Also, when it comes to uh, Tanis Esther, we see the Ramam lists them in a different place. And finally, one of the very big differences between Tanis Esther and every other fast is there's a rule in the Mishnah Meseches Megillah that when it comes to Purim, if Purim falls out on a Shabbos, we know we push it off because of Megillah issues, carrying issues. We don't do it on Shabbos. And therefore, because we push it off, what would we need to do if we're going to push Purim off to Sunday and we're going to have this fast that we have some sort of custom, we'll get into that in a moment, to fast before. So where do we put that? We can't do that on Shabbos. So we move that up earlier. Now that's a very exceptional scenario because generally we never move fasts up earlier, as the Mishnah says, or I should say the Gemara says, "Akdumi puranios We do not move up bad things, meaning we don't move them earlier. And so Tishbav, if it falls out on Shabbos, we move to Sunday. Shavas or Batavas, if it falls out on Shabbos, we move to Sunday. Some of the other fasts can't fall on Shabbos. But would they fall on Shabbos? We move them later because they're bad. But here we see with Tanis Esther, we move it up earlier. And so functionally and fundamentally, there seems to be a very big difference between the Tanis Esther and the other fasts on the calendar. Yom Kippur, we know, is in the Torah. The other four major fasts are in order to remember the Churban Beis Hamidosh, the destruction of the Beis Hamidosh, but Tanis Esther seems different. Lastly, the Shulchan Aruch says, Tanis Ze'enochova, or I should say this is the Ramah within the Shulchan Aruch, the Tanis is not um, as obligatory as perhaps the others are. Lochain, therefore, yesh hakel bo you could be lenient when you need to. And the examples it gives is a pregnant woman or a nursing woman or a person who's sick, which is not uh, somebody who is sick at risk. And he says, somebody who really doesn't feel well. But in such situations, you don't have to fast if you're sick of any serious degree, even it seems not such a serious degree. If you're in great pain, 
uh, you should not do it. Otherwise, if you're okay, everybody else should try to fast. But we see that there's a difference. There's more leniency. It's categorically different. It seems to not be a sad day. It seems to be about something else altogether. So the first thing that comes to mind when we think of Tanis Esther, why do we fast Tanis Esther, is, of course, the fact that Esther called a fast when she heard about the decree against the Jewish people, and she was then motivated to go and see Achashverosh. She declared a three-day fast. That three-day fast was probably Pesach time and for three days. So what we're doing is obviously not that. Maybe one developed into the other, but we're not fasting three days and we're not fasting on Pesach. So there's a big discussion about exactly what is the origin. What is the nature of the origin of this fast? Of course, uh, the nature of just simply where does it say in the Megillah that we should do it is a little bit complicated. So in one place it says the uh, establishment of Purim included Divrei Hatsomos Kasam, the days of fasting and crying out. Now, does that mean that there was a letter sent out to everybody that is a formal part of the observance of Purim? There's Mishloach Manos, there's Matanas Levionim, there's Mikra Megillah, there's all the classic mitzvahs, but there's also the fasting. Some understand that, yes, that's the reason that we do this. That's the origin of of the minhag, or that's, you know, where we align this minhag. The Rambam says that these are the words that are the origin for this. He says, um, he says these words in particular. Others understand that, no, it's referring to the rabbinic law, right? The, the Torah has already been given. Any laws, brand new laws that are created at this point in history are created by people, because it's a good idea. And so the people, the same way they had created fasts 70 years earlier, in response to the destruction of the first base Amigdash, so too they created this holiday of Purim, and it's not referring to the fast of Purim. So it's not at all clear um, why or where. There's another source which is uh, which is pointed towards, and that's the discussion in regard to why the 13th is okay for a day to read Megillah. And I don't want to get into this right now, but there are a variety of days that are theoretically relevant to read the Megillah. In different scenarios, in different years, uh, you might be required to fast, I'm sorry, not to fast, but to observe Purim on different days, and that's the whole topic in the beginning of the Gemara Megillah. So the Gemara has a whole discussion about why would the 13th be okay to read the Megillah, okay? So the Gemara says, according to Rashi, Zman Kehila Lakol, it was a day that everybody got together. What did they get together to do? They got together to go to war, to defend themselves. The whole decree was to kill the Jews on the 13th day of Adar. And so on the 13th day of Adar, the Jews were given permission to defend themselves. And so that's the day that we fought the war. So therefore that day must be okay to read Megillah in situations that it would be required. But others say that no, the Zman Kehila Lakol is not for the purposes of going to war, or maybe it also was, but what we refer to, for example, the She'il Tos says, Ma Yom Tanis. It was a day that everybody got together to fast, and it was a day that we got together and joined for the purposes to be mevakesh rachamim, to supplicate God, to ask for uh, repentance, for tshuva, so that we could survive and be victorious in this battle. The Rush discusses this as well, and quotes the Rabbeinu Tam, he says, the reason for Tanis Esther, the reason that we fast, is on this specific day, the 13th, is not because, he doesn't necessarily mention the, the day, the fast of Esther, the literal fast of Esther from earlier in the story, the three-day fast before she went into Achashverosh, but rather, the Zman Kehila Lakol, this 13th day, which the Megillah refers to as the day of joining and grouping together for everybody. Shehakom Esther, 
everybody gets together and he calls it Tanis Esther, which is interesting because what is why Esther more than anybody else at this point? But he says Ubayim bnei Hakfarim. Everybody in the villages would get together, come to the cities, lamar slichos v'tachanunim to say all of the prayers. Because that was the day that they were going to defend themselves. So the first thing they did was not go to some sort of boot camp, but the first thing they did was go to Davin, because they required mercy. And so that, he says, is the function and the premise behind this day. What we remember in the fast of Esther is the idea that we fasted specifically in order to respond to the war. And then he says, as others do, that this is so much so tied, It's the same idea that when the Jews, the first time in their first battle against Amalek, they fasted on that day. And the whole premise of the fast of that day, the whole premise of the war against Amalek was, of course, to remind us that it was God who was involved in the ten makos, and the ten plagues, in the splitting of the sea, whereas Amalek was the one who chose to deny that what is the nature of our difficulty with Amalek? It's a theological one. The idea of turning God into an absentee, uh, a deist belief, as opposed to a theist belief, where God is involved in the world. And so here we have a repetition of that first battle against Amalek. Amalek comes, Moshe has to point his hands in the air to remind us that everything that happened until now and everything that will happen in the future involves God. And so generations later, when we come to battle Amalek's descendant in the story of Purim, we have the same phenomenon occurring, where everybody is uh, focused on the davening and on the prayer, and what we're celebrating, or I should say, what we're marking on the day of Tanis Esther is not a tragedy, because it was a victory. What we're marking is the effectiveness of prayer in or as a response for these crises and these existentially difficult moments. That's what Tanis Esther is about. A remembrance that prayer works, that our remembrance that prayer is what we need to do when we want to affect change in the circumstances of our life. It's not a fast which memorializes a difficult day, which therefore inspires us to pray so that we do tshuva, but rather it's a fast that reminds us of the power of prayer and the power of focus and realizing that it is God that runs all. That is ultimately the greatest battle that we fight against Amalek, Tanis Esther, whether or not it's aptly named or not, whether or not this day has anything to do with Esther, reminds us of the power that Esther, the story of Purim and the battle against Amalek, displays. Have a great fast and a wonderful Purim.